When a young girl sells a family quilt, it invokes a spirit to punish her for her crimes against her ancestors. That spirit's name? Steve Urkel? And then we take a look at a controversial conspiracy. This might be the most controversial one we've covered. Is PMS real? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I really do. I hope you guys know that. I hope you guys know that I really hope you guys are having a great day. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode. And actually, we do need to get started with it because this current topic I'm going to be talking about, the first topic, could disappear at any point. I have a feeling it's going to be around for a while, but it is on 4chan. And they're bored. You know, it's not like Reddit. Stuff just kind of disappears from it. Stuff gets archived from time to time, but a lot of stuff just kind of disappears into the void. And this is... This is gold. I love this conspiracy. So, back in the 90s... There was a little show called Family Matters. It was part of the TGIF. I think TGIF existed at that time. You had Full House. You had Step by Step. You had these wholesome family sitcoms. They weren't very good. They're actually all, all, all quite terrible. I'm not a big sitcom fan. But you had a show called Family Matters. And it, it featured a black family. Carl Winslow was a cop. He had just got over shooting a kid before the events of Die Hard. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. Family Matters is a direct spinoff of Die Hard. It's not, but I should have been. That would have been so much better. Each episode just ends with him drinking in the dark, being like, I shouldn't have shot that kid. I shouldn't have shot that kid. And the audience is like, aww. And then it just freeze frames as the alcohol is like halfway down his gullet. Anyways, so Carl's... You know what? Here's a side note, too. I remember finding, like, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and gay people weren't as visible when I was growing up at all. Like, you you had a feeling that they were, they existed, because you'd hear about them. But, and I remember, like, there was, when I was in elementary school, there was a teacher who they found out was gay, or he admitted he was gay. And this was, like, in 1985 or 6. And the school board had a meeting about it. And they told the parents, if you don't feel comfortable, you can actually not have your child be taught by him. We have another teacher teaching the same subject. I think it was, like, third or fourth grade or something like that. A meeting about it. Could you imagine them doing that today? And I remember my parents being like, hmm, that is a good question. And they were like, yeah, he, he he's fine. I don't care. But I didn't end up being taught by him anyways because we moved away. But yeah, I called the school board meeting because the teacher was gay. Anyways, though, homosexuality was becoming more and more visible as I was growing up. But one of the first people that I knew of, that I can remember, who I knew of and watched the show... And was gay was Carl Winslow was the was the actor who played Carl Carl Winslow the father I don't remember his name and I remember thinking really that's what gay <laughs> gay dudes are like giant giant people weird it, it's just how your stereotypes are built anyways that segue <laughs> that segue that revealing segue aside hmm Carl Winslow is gay that's interesting <laughs> this is like the first guy I knew. Who was gay. Like, I'd heard that lead singer of Queen was gay. I don't even know if I knew that back then. I think he might have been one of the first, like... I, I'm trying to think. Anyways, that's not the point of the segment. It's not the point of the segment. He just became, like, that's what I thought gay dudes looked like. So, now, obviously, I'm a little better educated on the subject, but... Anyways, none of that has anything to do with what we're going to talk about. Family Matters. 
was a show about a family struggling with normal family things. It was a complete by-the-book sitcom. It was actually so mundane, it was on the verge of cancellation. In episode 11 of the first season, Laura, the daughter, has a quilt. And it's a family quilt. And there's a white person who wants to buy the quilt because they know how valuable it is, both monetarily and just like historically. And she sells the quilt to the white person. Now, I believe at the end of the episode she gets the quilt back. But that doesn't matter. The fact that she sold it in the first place, she committed a crime against her people. The very next episode, Steve Urkel shows up. Now, Steve Urkel, if you haven't seen Family Matters, which, you know, it's an older show, but I know it was real popular, especially, like, worldwide even. Steve Urkel was the... If you took all the characters from The Big Bang Theory and threw them in a blender and then turned it up to 11, that'd be Steve Urkel. He was the ultimate nerd, and he was a bumbling fool. He was basically Jar Jar Binks in a sitcom. And he totally changed the show. He showed up the very next episode where two people were trying to compete to get a date for Laura, and Carl's choice was the safe, nerdy guy, Steve Urkel, who always had a crush on Laura. He's just totally annoying, and at the end of the episode, it's just like, no, I'm not going to go out with him, I'm going to go out with this other guy, and he was supposed to be a one-off character. The character became so popular that they immediately began rewriting episodes to add him in, to start changing stuff. That season. The show took off, he became a cultural phenomenon, he had his own dance, he had his own cereal called Urkelos. He had toys, shirts. Did I do that? Anyone got any cheese? All those stupid catchphrases that really, when you think of like what makes a sitcom stereotypically bad, that was the Steve Urkel character. I have nothing against J.L. White as an actor. He was just doing the role. But that character was really, when people think about like bad catchphrases and like ruining shows and stuff like that. And, and that was part of the issue is that, I mean, people weren't watching the show to begin with, but... It was a basic, like, family drama sitcom. Steve Urkel shows up, you have time travel, he goes to space, he creates clones of himself. It became this super, it became basically a science fiction sitcom at that point. Because his antics just got so bizarre. And eventually he had an alter ego, we'll get into that. So, that was just the setup for here. So there's a current thread on 4chan, and it could disappear, but hopefully they archive it. And you can jump in it now, after hearing this episode. There's a current thread on 4chan where a guy is putting forth the theory that that Steve Urkel is an African trickster god or deity who appears in Laura's life because of her sin for selling the quilt. And for proof, this poster puts forward things like the fact that he has all these magical abilities, he has all of these abilities to like bend space and time. Actually, and he points this out, when the show went into syndication... They actually re-edited episodes to put Urkel back in earlier episodes than when he appeared. And the official story is they did that so viewers who are expecting Urkel don't go 11 episodes without Urkel. But this guy's theory is that he actually warped space and time to appear in segments where he, he wasn't originally. Which is weird because when we think of stuff like, we have shows who are really, really on canon about, like, Star Trek has, like, this particular canon. You couldn't go back and change stuff like that. But on a sitcom, you don't really think of things like canon. But it exists anyways. It really does exist anyways. The quote that the poster used when they were creating this thread said, 
It would be like having childhood memories of a person you only met in adulthood, but never questioning why. Because these events originally happened in sequence, and then Urkel showed back up in them when they were, re- when they were repeated. That's bizarre. So yeah, that would be a weird memory trick. He goes on to say that Stephen Urkel created his alter ego, Stefan, and that is about the duality of the gods. Like, you have, like, the trickster god, and then you have, like, the noble god, and the Stephen-Stefan dichotomy is part of that. He goes on to say that this might be one of the most layered mythological characters ever created for television, and it's kind of being put in there that the writers set him up to be this character, to be this trickster god to punish Laura. A side note, Steve Urkel is actually a real guy's name. The I think it was the producer of the show named the character Steve Urkel after his buddy as a joke. And he didn't he didn't he was just supposed to be a one-off episode. It's supposed to be like, hey Steve, watch this week. We got this real nerdy guy on him. You might recognize him. And when they call him Steve Urkel, the buddy, oh man, that's so funny, dude. Of course, Steve Urkel became a phenomenon. His buddy had a hard time doing business afterwards because he would call up, try to make meetings, and they'd ask him what his name is. He goes, oh, I'm Steve Urkel. And they would say, oh, come on, what's your real name? And he goes, yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. Looking back on that, I shouldn't have done that. Right now, the thread, the uh, original poster, I love this comment. He said, his skill in ancient instruments shows his age in history. Accordion skills from haunting Europe, for example. His time machine is his omnipotent deity ability to be anywhere, anytime. Yet he focuses now on Laura, as the jailer of the Winslow damned forever to be cursed by Laura's blood crimes. Now, the way he talks about it, I don't think that he really believes this. He might. He might. It's always hard to tell with conspiracies. It's always hard to tell with this stuff whether or not they're joking around or if they're serious. But it really is a moot point at this, because this will, this thread is going to appear in a full form. It'll either disappear or go into the archives. And then someone with just a memory of it a month or two from now will repost it and be talking about it as if it was a real conspiracy. And then it'll grow from there. And six months from now, I'll be looking at crazy conspiracies and someone will be like, did you know that... Steve Urkel is actually a demon. You will watch this evolve over time. So kudos to the guy who came up with this. I think it's a, it was very entertaining to read. And it's always interesting to see original content and watch how it morphs to other things. I actually was on an Iceberg Conspiracy thread the other day on 4chan. And the guy who talked about XXXTentacion being killed by demons is still talking about that. We covered that. I think that was like episode six about Ball Bareth sending out his demons to go kill XXX. And I was like, I did two episodes on that kid's murder. It was horrible. And then the guy's still doing it. He's still talking about, I mean, more power to him. It's a conspiracy he believes in, but that was over a year ago. And that's still getting brought up. That's actually on the conspiracy iceberg. Now XXX Tentacion was killed by demons. That thread that started that I covered when I first started the show a year ago, is now on the Conspiracy Iceberg. So that's how we see this stuff grow. Steve Urkel will be on there eventually as well. And then he'll say, anyone got it? I got I couldn't stand that guy. I couldn't stand that guy. Step by step, though, I hated. I hated that show because I was into this girl who had a crush on, I think his name was Cody, who lived in an RV in the backyard and he was like the cool surfer guy with the guitar. And she, oh, he's so cute. He's so, ooh. And I was like, I'm going 
clobber that actor if I ever see him. And then I guess he got arrested for domestic violence. Not against the girl I liked, but just in general. I don't know if he was actually guilty of that, but he did get arrested for it. So, yeah, step by step. Anyways, but let's go ahead and move on past TGI Friday. Perfect Strangers was actually probably the best show, and I think that predated TGI. But anyways, let's move past Perfect Strangers. Let's move past TGI Friday altogether. Let's move on to this theory. Now, this segment was originally supposed to be in an earlier episode i had it planned on the same episode i talked about yanni eggs and i was like "Mm -mm." i'll split it up because otherwise it just feels like i'm talking too much about vaginas for 30 minutes i actually got a bad my first bad review actually i got a bad review i got a one-star review for my yanni egg episode yeah you're bound to get them i don't it doesn't bother me i get bad i've gotten bad reviews in real life but I just thought it was funny that that was the episode that set somebody off. All the stuff I've covered, and it was the egg one. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to premenstrual syndrome. So let's hop in the dead rabbit dirigible. We are going... Let's hop in the rabbit rowboat. We've been using the dirigible too much. So let's. we're going to row all the way from Little Oregon. Little dotted line on a map. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And then... We go to the Bermuda Triangle, because we have to go back in time. This is like a a (laughs) 10-day journey. And now we're back in time. We're going to row all the way to Greece. And there we're going to meet Hippocrates. I do know how to pronounce his name. We're going to meet Hippocrates. We're in the year 2,500 years ago. So whatever that is. Hippocrates is checking out this woman. Not sexually, because he's a doctor. He's a professional. He has his little stick with the snakes on it. They're constantly biting people. He hasn't tamed them yet. This is back in olden times. And he's like waving this stick with the snakes on it around. Trying to diagnose this woman. And she's like, ah, I'm going to kill you. Ah, head spinning around. Throwing up. And he's like, hmm. She's suffering from hysteria. And the other doctors are like, oh, that's interesting. That sounds like a word you just made up. And he goes, I did. I did just make that word up. You like it? You think it's going to catch on? And they're like, yeah, it's a pretty catchy word. What does it mean, though? He goes, it means... That her uterus has become detached from where it should be in her body. Which, as we've covered in the Yanni Egg episode, I'm really not sure where that is. Anyways, the uterus becomes detached from her body and begins floating around her like a Plinko machine. And they're like, what's Plinko? And he's like, settle down. I'll tell you all about Plinko later. It's going to bounce around her body. And it's because the moon is detached like the gravity of the moon is detaching the uterus so it can float around in them it's making her irritable it's making her swollen it's making her not a very nice person she's hysterical and all the doctors are like hippo you did it again hippo they pour a bunch of gatorade over his head he's like yeah lift him up on their shoulders take him to the coliseum so that was in rome so it's been quite a journey but anyways he diagnosed her with hysteria. Now, this was a thing that was believed. What I find fascinating about the theory is that somehow they know enough about science that they know the moon has a gravitational pull on the planet, but don't know enough to know the uterus doesn't float around in a human body. That that theory lasted until about the 1900s. Like, I mean, people, I don't know if they always thought they're like, oh, A woman's cranky, and they're like, where's your uterus today? And she's like, shut up. I don't know if they necessarily believed that the uterus is floating around, but they did believe that women would get cranky and irritable and have pains because the uterus would get stuck, like, under their armpit. And they're like, oh, my breast is swollen. And they're like, do you want me to punch your uterus down? And they're like, no, 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 I'm totally fine. 
So, and in 1931, though, there was an American gynecologist named Robert Frank, and he came out with this study called The Hormonal Causes of Premenstrual Tension, which oddly rhymes and is a great band name, Premenstrual Tension. He did say, listen, this is what's going on. There's some sort of issues with the uterus, and it's causing these things. We think it's related not to the moon, but to a woman's natural period. Which would make sense you would connect it to the moon because like the lunar cycle, the month, but it's not like the gravitational pull is lifting parts of your body out. And what it does is it causes irritability, bloating, fatigue, depression, attacks of pain, nervousness, restlessness, and, in his words, the impulse for foolish and ill-considered actions. So if you see a woman out gambling the house away, it's because she was on her period. There was a, 1953, there was a British physician known as Katharina Dalton, which sounds like a romance, like a character out of a romance novel, but anyway, she was a real person. She said, listen, this is what's going on. I'm going to call it premenstrual syndrome. It's a fluctuation of estrogen and pro-estrogen. That's the estrogen that really knows its game, really stepped up, they get paid for it. And this is what she listed as. So at this point, you're thinking, Jason, you're just reading us off facts, but I'm getting to something. And that's kind of, sometimes you do have to read off facts, but... In 1953, and and what's weird, because that's incredibly recent. Before that, I mean, figure first they thought just the uterus was bouncing around like a pinball. And then some guy's like, oh, no, it has a couple symptoms. And then in 1953, premenstrual syndrome was named, and it had things like anxiety, sadness, moodiness, constipation, or diarrhea. This is all going to be important here. Feeling out of control, insomnia, food cravings, increased sex drive, anger, arguments with family or friends. Poor judgment, lack of physical coordination, decreased efficiency, increased personal strength or power, feelings of connection to nature or to other women, seizures, convulsions, asthma attacks, flare-ups in asthma, allergies, sinitis, anxiety disorders, irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes multiple sclerosis. Now, this is the problem. There are so many symptoms that people are now saying, There's no such thing as PMS. There is a physical component to it which can cause bloating and cramping. So as a woman's listening to this podcast, I'm sure she's already shut it off. But if a woman's listening to this podcast doubled over her toilet, yes, you're having physical symptoms. And she's like, thanks a lot, jackass. I know that. But there's physical symptoms. The question of is PMS real is all those emotional systems and stuff like constipation or diarrhea. So basically, anything other than normal, you can chalk it up to this. You can have decreased efficiency or increase in personal power. Like, it's one of those things, it's like a fortune cookie that's so vague, you can attribute anything to it. They do these studies, and I'm just reading these studies, because I don't have PMS. It's not an issue that is a personal concern to me. But they've done all these studies, and they've decided, the scientific community has come to these conclusions. 97% of women suffer from PMS, or 5%. Only 5% do. Because there are women who have severe emotional problems when they're on their period. But it's nowhere near the amount that people say. And, And reading these articles was really fascinating. I don't even remember why I decided to look into this. I think it was because I was researching the Yanni Ake thing and they were talking about it, working with PMS stuff and all that. But I, it, it was this rabbit hole that I was going into. Because you had people saying, listen, here's the thing. If you're having 
If you go to work and you're grumpy and your boss yells at you and you get even more grumpy and you're driving home and you feel super irritable and it's not near your period, you chalk it up to a bad day. But if it is near your period, you're like, I'm just going through PMS. They say when they take young girls aside and they do the health edit classes, they'll say your body's going to be going through some changes. You're going to start having this thing that happens every month. You're going to feel moody. You're going to feel cranky. You're actually putting these symptoms into their head. It would be the equivalent of in health ed class for boys, you said, every time you get a hard-on, you're going to get a splitting headache. You will have people develop that symptoms. And if in the media, whenever someone's like cranky in a show, they're like, oh, she just PMS in, or she's like, I'm real on a really bad period. I don't know what I don't know what sitcom that is. It's not family matters. But you know, the thing that if you keep reinforcing this belief, it will reinforce it in you. If every kid, if every boy is told every time they get an erection, they will have a splitting headache, you will have a sizable amount of the population who will psychosomatically have a splitting headache every time they have an erection, which would be absolute hell. And the theory is is that that's what's been going on with this. They said there are way too many symptoms that everyone's going to have at least one or two or three of these, and they'll be like, I'm just PMSing, I'm irritable, I'm excited with power, I can bond well with women, and I have diarrhea. And the other woman's like, that's weird, because I'm constipated, and I feel more in touch with nature, and I'm restless, and I also have PMS. There's just way too many. There is a thing called premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which they say 3 to 8% of women have. It's like 11 different symptoms, and if you have any five of them, you have that. It's something you can be classified for and things like that. And those are more concise. So none they're not like super all over the place. And they said you have to have, in most of your menstrual cycles during the past year, five of the 11 symptoms plus one of the first four listed, which is like moodiness, hopelessness, anxiety, tension, stuff like that. So there's not like, it's not all over the place. But this isn't settled science. And it's funny because people get really, really touchy about this. I know I'm talking about this the wrong time of the month, but people are getting really, really touchy about this. Here's a list of the headlines that I've read while... I didn't just read the headlines. Here's a list of the headlines of articles I read while I was prepping this episode. Is PMS a myth? This researcher says yes, and that it's holding women back. Next headline. Is PSM real or a myth? Moodiness around periods is an excuse, psychologist argues. Next one. Of course PMS is real. The real question is why we don't have a cure. Next one. Should you get time off for PMS? So it's all over the place and no one can agree to it because it's such it's so ingrained in society that this is a real thing and that people suffer from it. Again, they're not focusing on the I know constipation and or diarrhea is physical, but there's the bloating and there's like the cramps. That's one thing that they're looking at. When they look at all these other symptoms, they're saying that's just bad timing. You just happen to have diarrhea while you're cramping at the same time, which sounds quite horrible. They've also done studies. Women in China, when they're on their periods, become super susceptible to cold. They get cold really easy. And in America, that's not a symptom. And they go, if it's a biological mechanism... It shouldn't matter what culture you're in. It should be the same across cultures. If it's biological, why does one group of people get super cold and other group of people don't? So that's another reason why they don't think it's biological. It's one of those things that's so funny because I thought it was settled science. I thought that it was something like you, you 
you're on your period and you're you're just grumpy and that's it and it happens because i think you would be grumpy if you were cramping up too but they're saying that all the other moodiness and stuff like that are basically all, all in your head all in your head or a better way to put it maybe they're just being hysterical deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio twitter is at jason ocarpenter I, I heard the unsubscribe button hit a hundred times already dead rabbit radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but i'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys